don't know why. I I start with all of my research basically on Tuesday. We record on Monday nights. Tuesday, I'm already in on doing the research for all the other episodes. Problem is, by Wednesday, I feel so accomplished. I've done all the research. Extra problem is, I set a lot of things to the side that I plan to go back to. Don't go back to them until Monday night before we record. <laughs> That's why we pushed back the record time, right? Today, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, fine with me. The fact that we're getting to this earlier in the evening, I, I'm, I'm totally uh, happy with that anyway. Oh, good. Me too. Um, yeah. I'm moving my mic around a lot right now. But no, uh, today I feel I, I feel like it's a every other episode thing. Sometimes I'm like, fucking nailed it. I'm good. I'm good to go. This is going to be great. Um, today is not one of those days. So we'll see how this episode <laughs> goes. Um, because okay. I pulled a, I, I, I pulled a lot of things to 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 reference. Right. Um, but I didn't actually like pull the audio clips like I usually do. And I was like stressing myself out about like I gotta I gotta get these pulled and, and exported. You know what? Fuck it. Everybody just understand that I, I heard that one of the band members say these things that I'm gonna say today. So, <laughs> and that, you know what? You you seem to go above and beyond when you get me the clips. So what you've what you've been able to accomplish has been uh, stellar so far. And, and hopefully oh, thanks, no one's man. you know, you know uh, too used to it because it, it happens. Same thing with with uh, what I've got over here with some of the clips is. I'm I'm kind of the opposite. Now I'm starting to mark the the minutes when okay, like when you say okay, go to the bridge. I'm not going to guess the bridge every time. So when I listen to these covers or I listen to this uh, you, you know, this uh, live version of it, I'm going to mark those spots. So if you ask me to go into the song, I'm going to know exactly where I'm going. So it's kind of like oh, man, and hey, I might ebb and flow back. Who knows? You're firing on all cylinders. I am man. starting to. Yeah, I mean it's it's really starting to come together with. With uh, but again, like I said, I might I might become all relaxed and and then fall apart uh in episode fifty. Who knows? And I I feel like when I was younger that all of this shit sort of happened. Like I I feel like I'm still operating as if I'm sixteen. So I very much like was like everything's gonna work out. I'm not gonna stress about anything, and nothing did. And now I'm thirty five, and nothing ever works out like I think it's going to. And you know what it makes me think? It makes me think. Damn, age. This is Jimmy. <laughs> Dude. Sick, man. Uh, uh, I was not expecting that one. And especially as two different words, two separate words, huh? <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone still hasn't got it, it's uh it's it's there about five seconds ago. Wow, that yeah, was really they'll, good. They'll man. That Thanks, was excellent. Man. I, I also had a follow-up for my orthopedic appointment, and I also thought about, like, he was like, oh, man, if you don't do this physical therapy, um, it, it's going to be tough on your arm at 35, and it made me think, damn, age. <laughs> um, but with as crazy as uh, I was running around with my, like, a chicken with my head cut off, uh, I felt the age thing more now because yeah. I swear I could do this shit with my eyes closed before, and now it's, I, I feel like it's just not working out for me anymore. <laughs> well, you're just getting comfortable. That's all. You're just you're just getting comfortable and you're sure, doing yeah, it early. Yeah. You're 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 uh, you're I can't believe you're starting on Wednesday. I mean, I, I start looking at stuff um, uh, on downtime on Friday and then Sunday afternoon or evening. Um, if I have a few you know moments, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and collect all my stuff. And then pretty much, you know, like for a couple of hours on Monday, I'll just drill yeah. down and get through that. And that way it's, it's fresh in my mind. I've got my tabs still open, even though I can save them and all that. But it's it's all in front of me and it's all fresh in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Uh, yeah. I got a little housekeeping, unless uh, you do. Um, what was it? Oh, uh, I got we were promised jetpacks to talk about Jimmy Eat World. Um, they did one of the Amazon Twitch streams uh, recently, and uh, they unfortunately I don't know any of their names nor their positions. But one of the guys basically they were doing a Q and A Twitch, and I was like, Hey, can you talk about? the time that you went on tour with Jimmy Eat World. And then I got a phone call. <laughs> so I didn't hear Whoa. any of his answer until I got back at the end. And then he was like, oh, and then one time uh, they're there. Uh, wherever Glasgow is, I'm sure that's like whatever accent Scotland. that is. I'm terrible. Right. So Scotland. I, I would <laughs> let's I, I let's we were promised jetpacks. Where are they from? Uh, they are from Edinburgh. Oh, OK, so um. So yeah, they're talking about uh, the end of the tail end of it was that one time they got to stand on the side of the stage at a venue, and Jim like looked at him right before playing Twenty Three, and he was like, "Oh, he must have heard me saying that was my favorite song or something." So he was sort of like nerding out about <laughs> that moment uh, being on tour with them. But that was when I fell in love with We Were Promised Jetpacks when I saw them open uh, for Jimmy World at the Fox Theater in Pomona like forever ago. Um, second is, uh, completely neglected to mention episode 30 last week. So, yeah, it, um, it, it is that it, how do you, what do you say? Is that the, the posthumous mention once it's been over and done and it's, it's been released yeah. and, uh, what is it? It's like, you don't celebrate your first birthday until you're one. So now we can celebrate 30 episodes yeah, because right? we've done 30 episodes. <laughs> and if we're talking programmatically, we actually are on episode 32 right now, technically, so you Correct. know, you know what, man? It's it. it I think the fact oh my that we're gosh. addressing, yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, oh, I, oh, I forgot to look it up. Um, this is our second damage song. Yeah, Lean, and, Lean uh, was the first one. Yeah. So I wanted to see if our boy Jake T. O'Donnell uh, had Lean in his uh, in his top 100 Jimmy World songs, and sure enough, he did. And then for some reason. My Google Doc didn't save like any of my notes, but I've pulled it up here. So it is a ladder in the 100 songs. You want to okay. take a guess? Um, so I listened to it again. I let it play through once I was listening to this track this, this evening. And oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think it's, you know, I, I know I, I have to look back on what my notes said about it. Um, so this was track three. And well, I'm going to talk about this album in general. I'm going to guess... That lean is you said it's it's in the back end of that back half of his. Top I'm gonna say 84, yeah. a little higher, 61. Oh, okay. Lean is a simple rock song on an album full of simple rock songs. It literally starts with the lyrics. You keep it simple at the start. <laughs> Yet it stands out uh, among the others on Damage because of how frantically it moves with the huge choruses and big time guitars throughout. From a re- lyrical standpoint, I have a theory as to what Lean is about. As mentioned before, Jim has uh, said he stopped drinking around the time Damage was made. So while I don't specifically know if Lean is about Jim's effort for sobriety, remember we made the joke about Lean right. in that episode. Purple drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are hints at universal themes of needing to lean on partners for help in times of trials and tribulations i'm not asking for a fix i just need you close to reach jim says as well as when i think i'm so messed up and uh you think you're so messed up gotta keep in mind that we're just us damage might be an adult breakup record but lean is about finding that person to lean on and not letting go so that is what jake t o'donnell our boy jake t o'donnell had to say about the song 
Lean. And that was number 61? 61. Four. 61. 61. Not bad. I listened to it again. Not bad. I know. And, and it wasn't um it, it wasn't what I had remembered. You know, I think we were excited to get to the first damage track. Yeah. Um but yeah, it wasn't it, it did wa- have a, it has that high guitar like me, 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 me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about too. In the in the guitar solo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's that, but I mean like uh it just in the chorus there's just this one note that they bend it, uh, bend it a little bit, right? Uh yeah, maybe. I think they do a little uh, bend. It's been a while since also, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um so this is track 2. Now, uh Track 2. First notable Dimage. thing, Damage. Um or if you're playing uh Dungeons and Dragons Damage. Now, I don't know Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I've played variations of it. I don't think I've ever. I, I'm not uh, like a purist. I don't. I've never played the uh, with the dungeon master where the uh, you've got that. I guess you would set up the map, and this is. I'm totally probably. You know, I, I bet you David from Growing Up Punk probably has this all set up in his in his uh, storm <laughs> shelter. But um, <laughs> I don't know why I think that, but I, I just do. Or at least he knows how sure, to play. Yeah. Uh, but I've never I've never played it the proper way where somebody has the story set up and they you, you walk through the land and then the dungeon master basically delegates what happens. Okay, you've walked into a cave and then they weave a story, which is very it's, it seems very cool. Um, if, yeah, if, I listened to one Dungeons and Dragons podcast for about ten episodes, and I was like, okay, I think I get it. This is fun, but I could never. I, I don't know where I would find the time. Like one of my sons would have to get into it for me to like care <laughs> right yeah you'd have to have some some other investment other than hanging out with friends it's got to be something some kind of emotional investment with your your child i could totally get that yeah yeah and i did i was into games like the rollout mat games where you had these um these Twister. octagons you no, would I'm set out. no no i know right <laughs> these octagons you would set out and it was like the orcs versus the humans and that was my first introduction to that whole world of uh fantasy my stepdad was really into uh, fantasy novels, um, The Hobbit, a lot of a lot of J.R.R. Tolkien stuff. So I had I had an introduction that way, and we played a lot of Risk, but um, I never went that length of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So I can't say yeah, I, I can't never, say I played. I think I played Risk once, and I, I feel like maybe my dad was frustrated with me or something. I didn't get it. Yeah. That and Monopoly. I don't know if I could play Monopoly again because I don't have that that kind of time in my in my schedule anymore. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, damage. This is uh, so yeah. I was gonna say the first thing I notice about this is it's if you just heard Zach playing this on the drums, you would know the jam, right? And and it actually goes hmm, along with what okay. he's been putting in into his uh, his Instagram lately. Yeah, where he'll just be playing. Like, check this out. I got it queued up. Here it is. You know that with the little Tom hits. Yeah. Even before we, I know because he dives right into the lyrics, but it's got that doom, doom, doom. Very yep. noticeable to me, at least. So that's one Absolutely. That's one positive for this, this track. Uh, now we're on track two of 10. I'm going to jump right into this and ask you this. Uh, is this, is this track, is this album, which is, would you would you consider it a concept album for being the breakup or is it just it, like, like I mean, Jim's they, adult breakup record, right? I've never yeah, I've never listened to uh listened for a through line of a story. 
uh, I did not come across anybody because I think I found so much press about this record. Yeah. Because it's the title track. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of great info in the press. And I'm like, I, I won't remember to pull these clips for later. So I just pulled so like I don't have a cover section, which I'm sure right. our listeners are like, thank God. Um, but I have <laughs> a lot of trivia about the record. But um, uh, I've already forgotten the question because I felt well, like okay, I, I haven't even asked. I haven't even asked yet. I'm, I'm still getting <laughs> off on these little tangents here. Do you think and can you even answer this? Does this album progress in chronological uh, order as far as a couple going through a breakup? I am open to the interpretation. Did not listen to it in that light. Yeah, because we're only on we're only on the second track of this album. And uh, JG four two nine actually asked this question. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was Ella Bella Medella oh. uh, two months ago asked it, and then how do, why do I have JG four two nine? It was Minty nine oh one. Um, <laughs> and it was is. Ella Bella Modella says, is invented or damaged the concept album? And then that's why I was asking if you think this is even a concept album. I think they just had an idea. I don't know if it's necessarily, um, it was just Jim's plan for it to be. I guess that technically falls into the category of being a concept album. Um, but Minty901 uh, has a lengthy reply and says, depends on your interpretation, but every song tells of a different stage of a dying relationship in chronological order across the songs. Appreciation starts us off very hopeful, going to do what I can, whatever it might take. Damage is questioning if the relationship is healthy. And then um, I'll save the rest for later. But they go on to to take a, a sentence or two for each one of the other tracks. Um, and then toward the end, Minty says, it might be that the songs are unconnected, but the sequencing of them lyrically implies it's one single story told through the course of the album. Uh, and that's at mm. least how they choose to see it. And I get that because there was no other like corroborating information that said, oh, it's definitely, you know, in chronological order, this goes in sequence where it's, it's the, it's each stage in a relationship where they're realizing they're, uh, they're in the dependent stage. They're in that um, looking back on it in that, you know, in that glowing, what is it? The the rainbow glasses sort of appearance. So, Oh, right. Yeah. Uh But we're on track two and it's called damage. Uh, and it does make sense so far. It's like appreciation. I appreciate that we're, you know, we're in this couple. Um, we're a good mix. And then they get to damage. And the song seems like it's a lot about realizing that they're kind of a to- in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the lyrics. I want someone who lives up to this grandeur in my head. Big words, man. Grandeur. <laughs> Delusions of grandeur. <laughs> yeah, I worked on a pilot called Delusions of Grandeur. Um yeah, um and I love how poppy this song is, but it's it's like imagine skipping through fields of flowers but admitting to the downfall of your relationship while doing it. <laughs> right. Which I you know, I think is a natural part of of any any relationship that is I don't know, maybe it's it's a it's a uh What's the term? It's um, not a delinquent, but it's sort of a a young romance sure. where they're just sort of they like each other and they they decided to, you know, hey, let's what is it? It's not really going steady, but hey, you want to be girlfriend and boyfriend when they make that decision and they realize that maybe they're not meant for each other long term. And yeah, it's just it's very poppy. It's it's upbeat. It's it's uh, it's three major chords. It's I think it's 
Uh, let me look at the chords again. Yeah, it's C, G, and F. So it's yeah. very poppy as far as the chords go. There's no minors in here until you get into the very end of the verse when they they kind of uh, touch on that A minor. But it's a super poppy song. It's got, yeah, C, G, and F right back and forth. Yeah, the message is, is saying differently it's from like standard the pop cor- punk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from what the chords and the music are saying with the with the beat, the tempo, the melody that Jim's chosen, it's totally contradicting what the message is, which uh, the very first verse, I want someone who lives up to this grandeur in my head, and you don't do much to sell me, I'd be best with you instead. Um, so you're not convincing yeah, me that I nah. should stay, so maybe I should go. Yeah, and I hate the way I feel, but I don't think I can change. I just breathe you each day which what that's such now, a beautiful I need final a gra- line i know i always thought it was breathe through each day let me go grab my vinyl do it stand by yeah go ahead are you drinking anything by the way um i had a a scorpion bowl ipa and i think that's a it's pretty strong so i'm gonna just leave it at that <laughs> i'm gonna grab my vinyl and a beverage and i'll be back but you should entertain the crowd while i go absolutely okay so i hate the way i feel but i don't think i can change such melancholy in those words there and you don't do much to sell me i'd be best with you instead you know i think that they're both just they're both doing their own thing and just now realizing that um maybe they're you know they're not serious enough to stay together and and that's just that's the introduction here we have to this song is that they've realized or at least this this one half realizes that they probably aren't going to be with the other person for much longer And then we get into the chorus, and that's where we have the first mention of the word damage twice, not once, but twice, uh, which is not only the name of this track, it's the title track, so it's the album. So we've gotten into this this point in the second track of this album where Jim sings, are we only damaging the little we have left? Both of us swimming in the same polluted mess. Are we too damaged now to possibly connect, to honestly connect? And what oh, I gather from that, up, dude. What's that? Sorry. Oh, I don't own this song, this uh, album on vinyl. <laughs> oh, I'm a poser. You are a poser. <laughs> um, I know I own. I know I own the seven inch, so I'll find that. Uh, please uh, finish your 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 thought. Oh, I was just uh, just starting on the chorus. Uh, and ex- and explaining how they're they're. This is the first mention a couple of times of the the word damage. Um, the little we have left. So it seems like they've really gone through to the end of this relationship um, to where they've got to kind of make a decision now. Are they going to continue or are they going to leave it um, the way it is and just and, and just uh, you cut their losses and move on to somebody or something else in their lives? It's a cool line. Both of us swimming in the same polluted mess. Like they, they both create these stories that uh, don't necessarily reflect them as individuals or at least people in a couple but you kind of make it sound to the like saying to my best friend oh yeah Joni and I we're totally cool I mean we do all these things together we went bowling last weekend but that was a complete lie the or the bowling went terribly and you know I got pissed drunk and I puked all over the next person's lane you know that sort of thing is that they're just making um they're making up these stories to make it seem as though they are, uh, you know, a, a, a happy, positive couple. And then the last two lines, are we too damaged now to possibly connect? Are, is, are we too far gone to repair this, this, uh, this turd that we're flying through the sky on, right? This is fucking me up, man. This, uh, 
the song is uh, a super bummer. But this is totally this is uh, this is um, Jimmy Eat World 101 right here. It also true. You know, so it's not. Yeah, it's not too different. They're not straying from a lot of what Jimmy Eat World has done in the past, but uh, or, or or their message that they usually get across. But it is, yeah, it's sad that how quickly they get to the fact that, all right, this is a pretty screwed up relationship. What do you want to do? Yeah. Well, now I'm excited. Let's go on. Yeah. So we go into verse two. A lot of time's been wasted putting off doing the work. So neither of them seem to be putting in their own, uh, you know, the, the labor of love to make this thing work. Um, if we both step up to own it, then I'll take what's coming first. This was kind of a cool line because it, it that leaves it a little bit open to interpretation. Yeah. So if we both step up to own it, then I'll take what's coming first. Um, my note is, sounds like he's ready, but wants to know the feeling to move on is mutual. Like he's willing to bring this up and admit their fault and the fact that this is uh you know this is a shortcoming of our relationship we didn't uh pay no- each other enough attention and uh i'm willing to just take the take the brunt of this and say look i i should have probably been a little bit more receptive to you or aware of what our where our relationship is going and right then he's just not uh he, he's just saying that that he would take the blame that's what i'm assuming he's saying there yes um i can tell you what benjamin mariano uh, five years ago said on Genius. Oh, you're right. I, I, You know what? I always forget to look at these these annotations here. Go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> so uh, he says that uh, uh, he's annotated both those two lines, and this is his annotation for the whole thing. Atkins is saying that it will take effort to repair their relationship, but they both let time pass without taking initiative to fix it. We've That's the first line. He promises that if they both decide to do the work and repair it, he will jump up to make the first moves. So if we both step up to own it, I don't know that he, uh, that he doesn't him really saying, answer own it either. It. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't know if my interpretation own it means do the work. Yeah. I, and I don't even know if my interpretation answers anything either. I, like I said, this is a, this is open to interpretation here. Um, I'll take what's coming first. I, I yeah, that could be a, a really anything in in regards to a relationship is that going to be the one who he's going to have to take the time to move them out of their apartment that they've moved into together it could be a lot of things but he just it's probably more generic than that but he just wants yeah. to um he he will take the crap for having brought it up in a conversation maybe mm. you know like are you are we breaking up and then right. yes, yeah. Look, look where we're at. I mean, we're we're going to be better off an hour later once we're we've calmed down and realized what's going on. But yeah, for the moment, yeah, I need to bring this up because because we're not uh, this is uh, n- not healthy. Take what's coming first, man. Yeah, but but before that, what's he wants to know: yeah, is this a mutual know, decision? Are you willing to move on um, and take the next right, step? Correct. Yeah, that one's pretty clear. It's just it's just the, yeah, the amb- I, I, ambiguous ones. Yeah. Second. Yes. Um, but the last one's like a big gut punch. The last two lines here of the verse of everything you say, it's the truth that really hurts. But how could that be worse? Yeah. Any, everything, not even anything It's everything you say of everything you mm-hmm. say. It's the truth that really hurts. So what you're saying is, um, is a complete lie. And, and I think that's also going back to that, the line in the chorus, both of us swimming in the same polluted mess is that, they're just making it seem better than it actually is. And she's done it for so long that maybe her truth has become convoluted. And 
that's he's he's realizing that there's no way for this to be a, a, you know a, a positive thing for us the fact that you're lying in your truth or your truth is yeah that's the only way i could right. see i could see the truth hurts is that it's it's either so glaringly true and obvious that he's in the wrong or her truth is actually false and that he can see yeah. through it and say dude you just got to stop lying this is move on let me see if I scanned in the damage artwork. I know I own this on CD. And the reason I want to know is I want to see punctuation. This is where we have to yeah. go to the band's punctuation here. Right. Album art. Damage. I've got damage art. Okay, give me four minutes. Aha. It's actually funny. I actually look because Discogs has a photo of the CD and the liner notes and everything. None of this looks familiar. I don't think I've ever owned a physical part, a physical copy of this record. Um, I think I bought it on it, iTunes though. or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, this is like super low res. Let's see if I can make it out. Uh, it's of everything you say, it's the truth that really hurts. There's no extra punctuation because I was going to say, what if it was of everything you say? It's the truth that really hurts. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I wanted to know, like, if 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 we could interpret it differently somehow. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really. It wouldn't make sense grammatically if of everything of everything of ever, everything you say, it's the truth that really hurts. Yeah, because like everything maybe you everything say she's is, saying the truth, is the maybe. truth. Yeah, right. is the truth would make more sense, right? Um, grammatically, but of everything you say, it's the truth that really hurts. So maybe she's saying all these terrible things, and a he's agreeing, and that it is the truth. Or, or of all the things that she's saying, when she says things that he finds are true, right? That's that's the rough part. Um, and then, but how could that be worse than all the things that you're saying? So Benjamin Mariano says he wonders how the truth can't hurt. Can he wonders how the truth can hurt worse than all the other problems? Which is strange, since honesty is typically viewed as a positive virtue. Is that the second annotation from? From that guy? Benjamin Mario. It's the second part of his annotation. There it the is. The top one says, the thing that's the hardest for him to hear is her words when she's being honest about their relationship. Um, yeah. And maybe I'm completely wrong. I'm, maybe I'm siding with the wrong party here. Like, maybe she's saying very spiteful things to him, um, and they're not wrong. You know what I mean? And that's what he's coming to terms with. Yeah. So does let's see if the bridge makes any more sense here. So it goes into the chorus Okay, one hold more on. Time. Real quick. Go ahead. Top... 10 Jimmy World Bridge right here. It's so fucking good. It's got the twinkly guitars. It's got the airy vocals. It's got like very minimal drum work. Oh, I, I, yeah. And listening to the covers that I, that I had heard, I almost didn't want them to go back into the chorus because you just want them to play that part (laughs) again. You're absolutely right. It does. It goes, it goes like into this, this long drawn out beatless, Twinkly part where it, like, they Zach stretch is out the playing words like a, a heartbeat essentially boom, boom, on boom, the boom, kick drum, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, yeah, and then just like just hitting the ride ever so slightly. Oh, yeah, it's so it's goosebumps. This bridge, yeah, anyway, you're sorry. absolutely right. Lyrically, let's check it out, yeah. So, see, let's see if this makes if this sheds any more light on that uh, in that cryptic verse two there. Um, I'll say when I'm ready, you'll know when I'm ready, when I'm ready. And then it goes. <laughs> so any other uh, exposition there on it? Does um, Does Benjamin have anything to say here? 
Nothing. No no annotations. At least that I copied and pasted. Yeah, it does. Um, okay, I, he does have one in here. So oh, Benjamin maybe I was Mariano just like, it says, says what it says. I never look at this stuff. He is telling her that when he is prepared to start mending their relationship, he will say so. Uh, Yeah, I I, I can see that. Yeah, I could totally see it. Doesn't mean that this guy isn't a dick. See, it's funny because here's another part where punctuation comes into play. Let's take a look. And there's not. Because if you say, I'll say comma when I'm ready, that's a completely different sentiment than if you just say, I'll say when I'm ready. Right. I mean, if we're, are you talking about like, I'll say. <laughs> no, no, that's funny too. Uh, I'll say when I'm ready. Um, no, uh, I, like I'll tell, like I'll say comma when I'm ready. Yeah. It's like, I'll tell you when I'm ready to do that. Not I'll tell you when I'm ready to do that. Like, do you see the difference? Am I? Am yeah, I and even the, even in, and, and I know what there? you're saying because the way that your your inflection and how you're you're saying it, yeah, I can see that you're adding in a comma into your. Yeah, it's the implied. Like I'll say yeah. when I'm ready to do this, when I'm emotionally prepared to handle that task. But that doesn't seem to be what he's saying. Right, it does yeah. seem to be, I'll say when I'm ready, and you'll know when I'm ready. When I'm ready. ready. Now, that last one, I'm ready, is sort of maybe that sentiment. So maybe he's being spiteful in the first two lines, and he's cutting it. He's cutting the edge off a little bit at the end. If you're to take these as literal words that are being spoken to somebody. Maybe she was the one that brought it up then. You know, and this is all him Hmm. going through in his mind. Uh, Maybe he's reflecting, you know, over the course of, you know, when your life flashes before your eyes. And he's just taking in over the course of a few seconds of her saying, I don't think this is working out. Maybe he's the one that's justifying and realizing all these things that I wanted you to be this big person. And now look at this. You're you're saying that it's over. Um, except for that second line, right? I'd be best with you instead. I don't know. Maybe maybe she's just saying you're not the best for me. And she's being more of a realist. And he's just uh, not getting it or doesn't want to believe it. Right. Well, I think it's I want someone who lives up. I want somebody who is the person that I saw at the beginning of the relationship. And I still believe is that person. But you don't do much to make me think that anymore. Yeah. You know, like I could be with somebody else and you're not really telling me that that's not a good choice for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, it could absolutely be that. I think we're going to be like, let's say this is the the, this is the the um, the initial realization you know, from the beginning of this album of of a, a degrading relationship, we've got so many words and lyrics that we would be stepping through to just that describe each stage in that relationship from one or two sides. Um, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're certainly you're uh, you could totally be right. <sighs> I'm I'm trying to look at the last lyric. And now I'm going to try to link these songs up. I'm, uh, appreciation ends up with. The we build, we box, we carry on as people we forget. Strange we come. Oh, no. The, uh, yeah. Strange we come to find ourselves not knowing we're lost. So when you go from that and that song ends on like sort of like a it. it I don't know how to describe. It doesn't end on like a nice hit. It just kind of fades. Yep. Into the beginning of this song. Um, yeah. You go from we build, we box and I assume like we box up these emotions. We That's build, exactly what do, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Is that they're, they're just packing that all in yeah. to blow up. This later. isn't the appreciation episode, but I'm trying to get some context. Right. Yeah. 
Um, as and people, it, we forgot. Strange, we come to find ourselves not knowing we're lost. I want someone who lives up to this grandeur in my head. You don't just hate the Yeah, I don't know, man. I I I kind of like the idea of this being a concept record, like a story, a linear story. So I'm right. trying to make and, it and work partly because <laughs> it doesn't get a it doesn't get a ton of love. Um, for, at least from what I read on the subreddit, there isn't. There's a, a you know a hand maybe a couple of songs on here that that people absolutely love. Um, but it just as as an album, you know, an entire album as a whole, it doesn't get. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because it doesn't. It, each song seems to be kind of vanilla. It doesn't really blow blow your mind like futures. The song specifically, or the album damage. Well, the doesn't the get album. Much love. Like look look at the album itself. Not this this just this track. The track is actually sure, yeah. I mean, we'll look later at the at the community stuff, and it actually it it uh, it tests really well with um, you know what people think of it. Um, it, with uh, ma- males and females it, in the yeah. eighteen to thirty five demographic, that's really yes. well. Oh yeah, it tests really well. <laughs> but yeah, it's just um, it just seems like these the it doesn't really have um, that. Even though appreciation is a pretty cool intro, I was listening to it today and I thought that was the song we were doing because um, I t- I put damage into Spotify and it just came with the first track. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it opens up pretty well. I like how it opens up. But it just it doesn't seem like there is enough for people to hang on to with the tracks on this record that I keep them came across listening. a YouTube a two YouTube reviews that kind of were like wishy washy on the record. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny because uh I you haven't even heard last week's interview yet, but you will have at the time this episode comes out. But I gave my my order, I ranked all the Jimmy Eat World albums, completely forgot to mention damage. And he <laughs> called me out on it too. He was like, Oh, what about damage? And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and it ties into uh Zach did an interview with Chorus uh a while ago and says uh this uh like we had so much fun making damage and i think that album is way better than it gets credit for when people talk about jimmy Eat world albums it tends to get forgotten but i think it's really good yeah um, there you go and <laughs> so you were a testament to that i was 100 percent a testament to that and i think i mentioned <laughs> that interview and that when he called me out i was like oh fuck <laughs> yeah um so yeah um yeah uh, and going, yes, going back I, to your bridge i also wanted to remark that you know, while we were talking about the the production quality of it, there's such a noticeable way that they mixed in the harmonies for this album that if somebody picked a harm like a part a part of any one of the songs on Damage, the album, with the harmonies in there, I could pick out and say, Oh, yeah, that's a song off of Damage. Maybe not pick out the actual song. Mm. You know, but they've just they um and, and when we go into the production methods. For this, it's going to be interesting. I, I I I wonder how they how they marked and said this is how we're going to make this album unified with all these ten tracks by you know keeping the sound and then you you hear what Zach has to say about where and where they had recorded and what they yeah. did to record it and the fact that it's all you know it's it's not in the same exact studio so kind of a kind of a cool thing that they that they did unify it. Um, you know, with some of these little these little bits, it's part of that is the harmonies, which is to me is yeah. very noticeable, especially in this bridge. I'm sending you a couple photos uh, that we'll post to the social stream, but this is uh, photos of them in Alan's studio, yeah, doing tracks and stuff. And then there's some video footage of them in the studio working on this record. His house yeah. is so like eclectic. Oh, totally. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to describe um, in that little video that they have in the promotional video for Damage, walking through each of the rooms and just mm-hmm. they're all so different. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, like it's now I know why I marked off JG four two nine. Okay, and you might have these numbers here for me because I know that you have a lot of the live music numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this this seems to be the same tour that we went on because this was five months ago from JG four two nine. And they said, we got damaged last night. Photo from washed up emo. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I couldn't tell where this show was, but somebody says, uh, JG429 says, I, I am from Massachusetts. So we drove about three hours and had never been to this venue before. So it's definitely somewhere East Coast. And yeah. it was also 37 degrees Fahrenheit when, um, when he took this photo. Uh, what's his name from washed up emo? Tom Mullen. Tom, when Tom took yeah. this photo. And, but it was the, uh, sixth track. Wow! Right after for me, this is heaven. Right yeah, in between okay, for me, this is heaven and go, sure yeah. and certain. Um, they got damaged. I, I, it doesn't get played a lot though, live, right? Uh, well, okay. So here's what I got. It's been played 132, 35 times by two uh-huh. artists. So 106 of those were Jimmy World, but Jim played this 29 times when he did his solo uh shows. Uh, one of which was the one that we were at. Of course, we'll play that later. Right. Um, and the first time they played it was a couple months before the record came out, April 20th, 2013, uh, down in Long Beach at Fingerprints Music. I assume that was probably like an acoustic show or was it? Oh, April 20th, Record Store Day. And this uh, was pressed to a uh, the A side of a um, of a single seven inch. Uh, with the B-side being a stop, stop Whispering, which I completely had forgotten about, is not on our song list, so we have to add it, because I don't have it digitized, and I don't know if it's digitized online anywhere, um, but it's a Radiohead cover, I believe, yeah. Oh, wow. Stop Whispering. But yeah, I this, listen to that again. This song um, definitely lends to uh, Jim's acoustic uh, prowess. It's got those the chords that are in this. Those are the like the quintessential yeah. acoustic chords. <laughs> it's like C add nine. Um, the G, the D, and then an A minor. It's perfect. He doesn't have to move his hand much. He just sings and nods his head and bobs him, his body yeah. um, into the, the microphone. And then Jim played it with his uh, quote-unquote Stinkweeds Records uh, performance. Well, it says, yeah, April 17th. So they weren't, that that was a, that was a COVID-19 yeah. stay-at-home uh, uh, show. Um, so he played it there. Um, so yeah, it's not played a lot, but it's not forgotten about like, and it was played relatively recently. And you said that was at fingerprints, uh, fingerprints music in long beach for record store day, 2013, when the vinyl came out, that seven inch with the B side. So check uh, this out. Um, I, I paid extra to have, to get the early release of alone, the home recordings of rivers Cuomo, right. Which was released in December Uh of 2007. I didn't realize that that initial or the uh, the early release was going to be handed out at Fingerprints in Long Beach. So for like a year and a half, oh. it sat there at Fingerprints. <laughs> so I Are never you kidding? Even, no, I never even got because you early were like, release. "Hey, where's my record?" They're like, uh, "It's yeah. at the record store, dude." <laughs> yeah, dude, which is in Long Beach. So I had to drive. I had to make a like a day of it, and I drove out to Long Beach, went to Fingerprints, hung out at the at the port there for a while. That's cool. So uh, yeah, um, I made a what's day that record out of it. store like? Is it cool? Yeah, I mean it's very much. It's like a very small. Uh, it's on. It's so if I remember correctly, it was on the corner. It, it could totally fit in with with something on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, okay, it's about a quarter of the size of Amoeba, 
So it's very small. You walk in, and I think it was the glass counter on the left with, uh, you know, with the, with the the worker there, <laughs> and then all of their the records, albums, and CDs was was on the the back of the store, and then on the right side. Um, but I just I walked in, got it, and it was a beautiful afternoon. So I just I took it, looked around. Did for they a make while. a joke about you? Like no. you're the guy? Because <laughs> there's probably so many people uh, that order stuff, special order it, and because it was it was fingerprints. I don't know why Rivers chose that place. Um, yeah, or, or uh, Carl did. I don't know who was doing, who was coordinating it when I ended up getting it, but I ended up, yeah, having to drive that, an hour and a half to just to get a, an album. That I I listened to it a few times on the way home, which was cool. That's cool. Uh, it reminds me of that scene in Back to the Future when uh, Western Union shows up. Uh, is at the end of Back to the Future Part Two after Doc gets struck by lightning uh, in the DeLorean and he goes back to 1885, and then uh, it's raining and Marty's standing there, and then all of a sudden a car pulls up and he's like. Marty McFly? And he's yes. like, yeah. He's like, are you Marty Mc... Oh, he's like, what? He's like, are you Marty McFly? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he goes into this whole bit. Uh, it's one of my favorite scenes where uh, he's like, some of the boys down at the office had a bet yeah. whether or not this Marty McFly was going to show up or not. Looks like I lost. And uh, he tells him that <laughs> Hands in the- this has been in our possession for... <laughs> yeah, that is dude. a good scene. <laughs> Whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> That's what I imagine it was like when you showed up to fingerprints. <laughs> right. We had, we had no idea this guy was ever going to show. I was I was going to go into the yeah. discount bin after a while because I do think they even said that they can they only hold on to them for uh, you know so so long. I mean they're holding on to CDs behind there, that, you know for a yeah. couple of years. <laughs> but it was still good and I think by the time I got that Alone 2 was coming out. Um, oh wow. You know, which was a year or two later that that he had released that. So anyway, it was kind of a it was kind of a cool story. I made a you know, it was a it was a beautiful afternoon and a a fun day, a fun drive out there, even though I probably spent more in gas than I did paying for the album. (laughs) That's okay. Sometimes it's worth it. Susie and I the other night did. uh, uh, So there's these bioluminescent waves. And so we've been cooped up in the house and it it was like uh, Mother's Day weekend. So I was like, all right, uh, she finally was like, can we please go? I was like, let's go. Drove all the way down to Hermosa. No, Huntington Beach. Long Beach, like way out there, even with no traffic in L.A., it took forever to get down there. And the bioluminescent waves were like fine, I guess. But the kids were asleep at that point, And I was like, let's just take the long way home. So we did. We drove through Long Beach, drove over the bridges in Long Beach. It's super stressful, especially at night. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then drove around the backside of the Palos Verdes Peninsula is. Um, and it gets really squirrely up there. And then drove up through. Now I grew up in the South Bay, so this is like finally I'm like in the area that I know. It's like Torrance, Redondo, Hermosa, Manhattan Beach, and then we ended up seeing the bioluminescent waves. It was tight, but all of that is to say the trip was. I mean, the bioluminescent waves were really really cool, but the trip was fun because it's fun to just drive around and waste gas. I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, and I and gas I had, is so cheap right now, and we're not driving anywhere anyway, so it was nice to right. get around. And even back then, in what two thousand and eight, I don't think gas was even that expensive anyway. It wasn't. It wasn't the record low, but it wasn't ridiculous. Yeah, you know, four bucks. And you're I right. It, yeah, I've only told. I a hate to tell people. you, but I think it was because I was, was that doing the, the, the runs. Terrible time? <laughs> there was a bad time. I mean, I don't mean to fact check you, but um, I remember I was working on a show that year in two thousand eight, and. Uh, I would take pictures with my BlackBerry of all of the gas stations where the cheap gas was and like send it. And it was like above $4 a gallon. I feel like that year. And I don't remember why. Well, that was when the economy had tanked. It was 2008. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
you would think that it would it's get funny because everyone talks about the housing crisis i didn't own a home or anything and the economy wasn't really affecting me i was working on a show but the writer's strike that year completely fucked me and that's what i remember about 2008 yeah. was the writer's strike um and thank so, goodness we finished the show we were on but i didn't have anything to go to <laughs> Maybe I just needed a little bit of a, a respite from all the uh, <laughs> everything going on in the Definitely. world. Definitely. Well, you like, were a year out of college. Like, Beach. what did you care? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so that's the fingerprints music section of the pod. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they get some free. Hopefully, there's are they still around? Yeah. You know, those little small. Uh, I know Amoeba's there hanging uh, yeah, on. But that's it's only because good... they're so notorious. Well, now they're running a GoFundMe, right? Because I drove by their new location. I was like, okay, that's cool. I see where they're going to move to. But now I guess they may not be able to or something. Did you did you see this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I I have not. No. Uh, mm. Uh, That's about all I know. Uh, So fingerprints music is temporarily closed right now, but uh, they do seem right. I guess they are not an essential. Like you could shop online. Yeah. Let's see what it says. Shop online. Here's their online store. Let's see what Jimmy World pressings they have. Maybe I'll buy something. Yeah, hopefully do you don't that. do pickup in store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, Jimmy World DreamWorks. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that this is the Bleed American repress. Yes. Jimmy World EP. They have it on CD uh, in store. And that I, I want to see if they have like the original self-titled. That would be cool. Oh, that'd be sick. They don't. But they do have the Jimmy World EP. That would be kind of cool to own. Oh, wait. But when I click it, it shows me the Bleed American. Oh, and then it says not in stock. So what the hell? Jimmy World EP. But it's showing the Bleed American artwork and says it was released in 98. This is a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you walked into the store, it actually wasn't the cleanest store either. You know, it was. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah I was I expecting kind of something the- huge, but it was a I mean, it was a tiny little record shop. <laughs> and i'm sure it's not cheap where they were in long beach what they were paying lease wise you know for for where they were staying it was like it was right off the the, the main drag um which if you kept going further down you'd get to that spot where there's the long beach um literally the long um beach right at the uh the the docks or the pier wherever that is right yeah. so it, i mean it was down there it was in uh it was in downtown long beach okay yeah Maybe I'll check it out next time I go to the Aquarium of the Pacific or something. Yeah. <laughs> so what did um, what did the community have to say about this? I only came across again uh, <laughs> Pebble Swifts this time. I think it's it's a mix between Pebble Swifts and who else does the who else did the Survivors before Pebble uh, Swift did? Do you remember who that is? I can't. I, their no, names escape me. It's using, like one of those things I know when I see it, but yeah, I didn't right. come across it. Yeah. So in the first round, which is what I think Pebble Swift alludes to in here, is that um, appreciation and damage tied for first. Okay. Okay. That's pretty this good. This time, this time around, uh, which was a year ago, um, they made it to. So it made it to round seven, uh, and then appreciation beat it out in round eight, and then I will steal you back. Uh, came came as the the track winner, or as they refer to it, the stake um, on the subreddit. Oh, okay, you have to you have to refer to it properly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will stake you back. That's what I think he he accidentally yeah <laughs> typed that out. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it does it it. That's what and that's what I was saying when I said it. It tests well. It it does uh it does come off as a as a strong track to the community. There, they like they like it. Um. That's good because, yeah, I came across a couple 
reviews where they were like, what was nice was they weren't like long drawn out where they reviewed each track individually. Um, but everyone was skipping over, skipping over, skipping over. I finally had come across one guy that said, uh, oh, it's actually, uh, this song is nice and poppy and all that stuff. And then I, let's see, did I, did I save it? Yeah, I did. So Polyphonic Press reviewed, uh, this record and you know, I didn't make a watch together link, but here, I'll just send this to you. Um, and I think that should link right to where he starts talking about the song Damage. He basically talks about it being a nice poppy written for radio song. Okay, the YouTube, gotcha. Here it is. The vocal performance had some cheap trick elements thrown in there. The vocals really do sound like Robin Zander on this one. To me, this song sounds like it was written for radio. It's got a lot of poppy hooks and a lot of catchy melodies, so it's really perfect for that situation. But at the same time, it has a lot of well thought out lyrics, so you can kind of enjoy it on many different levels. The song I Will Steal You Back is a really good example of a band I working will well together. <laughs> it feels like yeah. they were recording the whole thing. That's about live it. That's all he says about damage. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Cheap Trick, but would you would you uh, make the Cheap Trick an, uh, a connection? Um, I'm not a big Cheap Trick uh, guy. I only wow, know... Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, and, uh, you know, talking to somebody who's really into Cheap Trick and you say, um, I want you to want me, and they go, oh, come on, man. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> listen to more, the better tracks than that. Literally would not even have been able to tell you that that was a cheap trick song. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, um, I can't say, I can't, I can't speak. Uh, I'm sure there's a track or tracks that would be better represented from somebody who knows that band um, better. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I know. I, it doesn't to Maybe me. That guy from Polyphonic Records or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he's bringing them up, he's got to be able to defend that, right? So, uh, what else do you have community wise? Um, I do have the video. That it sounds like you came across this one, and it's the promotional video for. Um, do we have the watch together link, or or do you want to? I'll make one real quick. Yeah. Okay. Gear, 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 gear. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you, honey, for Recording here at Al. Between, you know a bunch of places but never in someone's home that they're currently living in <laughs> Al totally made it happen opened up his home and let us in and just like explode gear everywhere that xylophones full of like a dozen guitar amps surrounding his bed So this is that room with all the mirror, right? Yeah. Um, I think with this record, we've had the most fun that we've ever had making a record. Um, Al has been great, and just everything is, we're just really happy with how it came out. I laid down at Oregon Park, and then Al came in and had like an idea for an Evo guitar. So it's like probably my, my favorite little party. And the other thing that's been really cool is like all Al's instruments and stuff that he has, like. Turned us on to just so much stuff that you know that we've never even seen before, like sustainer guitars and like just everything that he has laying around here. Sitar. <laughs> yeah. You keep it simple at the start. Two totally different recording rooms. Um, there's this room right here, which is really reflective. And uh, 
has kind of like, there's sort of like an energy to the sound. The other room we used was the living room, and it's much warmer, more open, and so you get a totally different drum sound, um, which is nice, you know, it's good to have the variety. I wasn't worried about the small things Tried to bury what they might or could have meant And as far as... We have a spot in Tempe that's like similar to this, I guess, you know? I mean, not, not, I mean nothing's really close to this, but it's similar in the, in the sense that like it's not a commercial <laughs> space it's just kind of like a big room that we have all of our, uh, our stuff in yeah we didn't use any pitch corrective software or, or uh, beat detection yeah no, no editing like that no cheating <laughs> special for me this this whole experience because it's been uh, really fun you know it goes up to the top of the list is one of the funnest and coolest times i've ever had working on the record so that last person that we listened to is was alan johannes or al as they call him right it might be johannes yep. i'm not sure now let's put let's put our our minds in the same kind of state that uh that he's in because so he he is a musician um, a musician that's been around for years, right? And he was in, um, yeah, so him and his wife, or his, uh, as he referred to her, his common-law wife, um, they led a band called Eleven. But um, I read this article that was uh, 2010. So this was, what, three years before this album came out? So it's yes. probably yeah, about three years before we we heard Al there speaking on camera, and uh, and, and I've I've highlighted a couple of parts of this article that I'll read for you, um, just to kind of highlight parts of uh, Alan's life and also that home that uh, that looks is very eclectic. Like you, I think you you described it perfectly. Yeah, it's nice that it's not like it's not a new remodeled modern home. It looks like. Very small rooms, tight spaces, especially with all the gear around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just little paths to walk in. Yeah. Stained glass uh, doors. <laughs> yeah. And this was a this was an article in the LA Times written by Steve Appleford. So on October 8th, uh, 2010, the man with the cigar box guitar is nearly alone. As a tiny pug wanders past his ankles, Alan Johannes strums a cascading folk melody and sings a hole that needs to mend, inspired again by the memory of and loss of his partner in music and life, Natasha Schneider, gone now for two years. So yeah, man, I know, right? Bumming me out for I know. Again. Well, this this goes. I mean, this fits with this. Anytime we talk about this record, I think we're we're not going to be in the happiest state of mind. <laughs> um. So they, yeah, they once shared this house in Hollywood among the crosses and tapestries, the obscure musical instruments found at shops and swap meets around the world, the vintage recording gear and digital uh, equipment. Virtually every room is designed to double as a recording space, and many artists including No Doubt and Mark Lanigan, have worked here. So he's had this place for a long time, used it for recording, for you know consultation, people coming in to, to get his help. Um, and then it goes on to explain um, who else he's worked with. Josh Homme from uh, Queens of the Stone Age. He was, and he was a touring member in Them Crooked Vultures, 
which was Dave Grohl's super group, right? With uh, Josh uh, Homme and then yeah, I don't know. <laughs> John Paul Jones of uh, Led Zeppelin. But the last couple of bits that I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, it's going to get extra sad, but <laughs> the last song recorded oh, by their band was called Spider, taken from Schneider's nickname and written after a visit to her gravesite at Hollywood Forever. Uh, she was buried mm. with a small stone painted by um, Harvey uh, beneath the grave marker etched with the 11 logo as Johannes rests a palm on the gravestone. A tiny spider hopped onto his hand, inspiring the lyrics, we're spinning these webs to trap all our dreams. Uh, the house they first moved into in 94 remains elegantly cluttered with a bohemian ca- continental flair with world yes. maps <laughs> and art books stacked high and stringed instruments from Afghanistan and India on a harpsichord rests a photograph of his late partner. And the last little thing, which I think is important to this record here, is I'm kind of floating at the moment, and I feel a change coming. I'm not done yet. The reason I'm still alive, it was really touch and go there for a second. I didn't feel there was any reason to. He said, then paused, thinking again of his beloved musical partner. It was just so perfect and so joyous and so easy and flowing. I want people to remember that we did. I'll try to finish it as soon as I'm able to give it justice. So it's mm. good that he kept on going. I mean, it, it's kind of a strong article to read. Um, there's more to it if you did want to read it yourself. But uh, the fact that, you know, to lose your partner of so many years and, you know, he's just he's continuing because he feels like he has um, something else to say. And part of that three years later was he helped Jimmy World put together this album. And you can see from what they said in that little clip how much input he had. It wasn't like, hey, use my space. Here, try this guitar, or I think it needs this. You yeah, know? yeah. So he no, had his hands uh, on every piece of the production here. There was an interview I watched with Jim where he specifically said not only were they in awe of him as a musician, but he even like lended a hand with instrumentation on the record that no one would have thought of. And he even plays a bunch of stuff on the record just to add texture and, and, right. and stuff to it. Right. Man, that's cool. Yeah. So good to know a little bit more about Al. Yeah. I'm like now I'm watching the video again while you were reading that article uh, just to see if I could see that harpsichord with that photo of her. Um, but it's nuts. It, like, yeah, it's just it so didn't many look stringed like instruments everywhere. Yeah. yeah. There's lutes, sitars. Um, what did what did Tom say at the beginning? What kind of was a it wasn't a steel guitar. It was some other kind of it, Evo guitar. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't Ebo. know what that Ebo. is. Ebo. 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 Okay. That was it. Yeah, Ebo. That's right. So Ebo, it's like a little like, um, isn't it? It's like a, well, I don't know what an Ebo guitar is, but I thought an Ebo was like this little nine volt battery contraption. I remember I worked at Guitar Center for a while. Um, Worst job I ever had, by the way, Um, (laughs) next to Jamba Juice. Um, uh, You you put like a nine volt battery in this thing and you turn it on. It looks like a black light in between like this little cutout. So it, it fits between like your thumb and your index finger and you hold it above the strings and something about the light, like uh, 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 vibrates the string of the guitar without you having to hit it with a pick. And I was like, Oh, maybe that was an Ebo. I remember somebody tried to demo it and it still didn't work. And I was like, that thing's fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the guy working there trying to sell it, huh? <laughs> yeah exactly i was like whatever yeah you're I right was so mad that's exactly what it is and yeah. also so the cigar box guitar have you ever seen one of those uh yeah when uh nirvana was with paul mccartney didn't paul mccartney play a cigar box guitar yeah and most of the time i mean unless you know somebody that maybe is a luthier or something you can make those yourself with the parts uh, you can follow i mean i'm sure there were before the internet i'm sure there were some kind of diagram you could follow 
but it's essentially a cigar box you cut out and then you attach a neck to it. Um, and as long as it's um, as long as it's uh, secured enough, it won't sound. Bow. Yeah, yeah, it won't bow or or bend when you when you tighten the strings. But yeah, you can have a working functioning guitar, and it gets it has a very unique flat uh, noise to it when you play it. So That's I mean, cool. yeah, seems like I a think wonderful I'd, like, time build for build it and then never play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would put it up on the wall. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I don't think that's something that's like an everyday play. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, I came across Zach was talking about because they went back to tape on this record. They recorded on tape. Um, Zach, for the most part, was answering a question, although he sort of didn't look like he wanted to be there, but um, <laughs> he was giving really good answers. Um, he was like, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if you record digitally or analog. So then I was like, okay, that's a weird take to have. But then he goes in to talk about how, like, specifically he was excited to record his drums analog because he had to nail the take. It couldn't be edited after the fact or anything like that. Now, they could have, like, run the tape back through Pro Tools and cut it up. But he was like, no, we wanted to get it right. And it gave it more of a live sound and feel um, to the record. And that was Alan's contribution. Right, yeah, because I have I have in my notes from from when we did Lean, yeah, it was recorded on both analog tape and Pro Tools, so that was the digital part that um, maybe they were he was referring to. Yeah, well, Zach it. specifically was talking about drums were recorded to tape. Yeah, 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 and there's no messing up and then, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, sort of scrubbing through other things that I saw in the press about this record. Um, like, here's Jim talking about the adult breakup record theme. So he says, uh, with Damage, the point uh, was love songs, but the type of love songs that interest me deal with adversity and emotional injury. If you have a happy song about how happy you are, I just want to slap you. There's no story there for me. I can't have any empathy. Um, and then, let's see. Somebody says, I think Jim compared the album to Clarity. He says, similar to Clarity, because that's how I approached a lot of emotional things in those days. In the observation and experience of the world around you, and you develop the ideas from that. It's similar to how I worked on the material for Damage, because I'm asking myself the same kinds of questions about things. It's just that I'm different. I'm at a different place in life. A completely different environment. Um, So that's one other thing about writing this record. And that was what Jin said, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the man himself. From the man himself, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, so yeah, the record store day release. I own that vinyl. Um, I remember going to uh I had to pick this up at Amoeba. I remember that's like the only place I ever go to for record store day. Um, and I'm holding it here and it looks like it's in pristine condition. I probably spun it once. <laughs> um yeah. and I completely forgot about this radiohead cover and Jim told Rolling Stone that they selected the Radiohead song um, Stop Whispering because it's a so- it's a good song that you never hear anyone play. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently there's only 1,800 copies of this EP. Um, 1,500 in the U.S. and 300 internationally. So I've got one. Man, look at you. Yeah. yeah send me a and then they that. did an iTunes session uh, for this record. What do I think of what? Hmm? Oh, no, I just said you just got to send me a picture of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's yeah. cool and I'll post this to the socials too, is that the artwork for it is very much based on the artwork that they did for the album, but it's uh, it's a cloud peeking, a, a rainy cloud peeking through a... Um, oh yeah, we looked at that on Discogs. The... Yeah. Oh, okay, we did, okay. This is it was like... probably a much lower quality than what you could provide to me, but... 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. Reason, we did look at that from the terrible. morning morning breath ink. They were the ones that designed that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, oh, I be, um, what's what's nice is I can come back to any of this information because I didn't pull any of the sound clips. Um, but Zach talks about. <laughs> it's funny because it made me think of when Ryan was guest host on the pod. And he was talking about liking the albums that have photos instead of right. the ones that have like artwork. Graphic design. Um, and somebody specifically asked Zach, like, oh, this one has a graphic design, not oh, like a photo like your last album. And uh, he goes into detail about the guy that did it and how stoked they were. And he talks a little bit about the umbrella. And I'm just going to make it a tease for the next time we do a damage track. And hopefully I remember to pull the the audio clip. I did download <laughs> it. I put it into Abbott. All I have to do is search the terms, but um, I just don't want to stress myself out about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, just take my word for it. He talked about <laughs> it. Um, he also talked about, there was another video I saw, I saw where uh, somebody asked Zach, how do you pronounce the band's name? Jimmy eat world or Jimmy eat world. And Zach was like, I don't know. I think I say eat world, but then he kept saying Jimmy eat world. I think I'm a, a an accent on the world. Where do you yeah. put the emphasis? Um, well, I mean, just to, just to talk about the emphasis, um, yeah, the I was saying this on which wrong syllable. for so, for so long was, uh, I, and I still have a, a tendency to say it was, was Christy, Christy front drive, Christy front drive, but everybody that mentions them, it's Christy front drive. Christy I think I drive. only have ever, yeah, I think I don't remember ever saying it without hearing somebody else say it. So I've always said it, Christy front drive. Yeah. You said it, but, you said it properly. Um, yeah. yeah, Eric the other day said it properly. I heard it on, a, <laughs> yeah, it was on some kind of interview that I heard them say it. And I was like, ah, okay, I, I'm clearly in the wrong here. <laughs> Christy front drive. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to any other, it's just, it seems like Jimmy it's how, with drive. them, maybe this is how they're feeling like Jimmy Eat world or Jimmy eat world. Yeah. Where, so where do you land on that spectrum? I think I'm a Jimmy eat world. Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. Okay. Zach said Jimmy eat world, which just seems so bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe he was trying. Well, I don't know if he was trying to be, um, you know, how you're trying to be different. Then you realize later that was dumb because I always say Jimmy Eat World. Right. Yeah. When he, well, and, and it's probably something he's never thought about. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Being put on the spot and you just say the wrong thing. Yeah. He was like, what? Um, <laughs> there was an iTunes session that came out uh, from this record that came out July 22nd, 2013. So you got the uh, there was such a rollout for this. So they recorded in. uh September of 2012, finished October 2012, had it mixed, mastered, and sequenced by January 29th, 2013, and then the record came out. Uh, what was it? it? I think they p- uploaded it the whole record to YouTube a week before it came out, and then the release date was June 11th. Yeah. Um. Yeah, June 11th. And then this was the second single released, October August 6th. 2013 so almost a year after they recorded the record and yeah i don't know i'm just spouting off facts that i saw about the uh about the thing there was such a social media push for this record specifically on twitter um like they were so they they like i don't know like i guess this was like really when people started leaning into using social media as a tool um and uh, well, and I know that invented invented is another album that you know again it I had mentioned that earlier tonight where that just isn't as maybe it's not as easily accessible for listeners just to say oh I want to listen to invented 
maybe they saw that. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were like, what the sales were for Invented versus uh, mm. Chase This Life, but maybe they thought, hey, look, we need we need much more of a production on the push for this. So we need to do from all different angles. We got to do the video promos. We've got to do the social media. And it, it could have also coincided with the fact that social yeah. media was then also becoming a platform for people to market well, on. Yeah, so uh, Invented was on Interscope and uh, Damage was on RCA. And so RCA probably had a heavy hand in pushing the record out in a different way. Because, yeah, I don't remember Invented having a big push at all. Yeah, me um, neither. And that's 2010. But, I mean, 2010, you know, iPhones were three years old. So, like, apps were already a thing and all that stuff. So, yeah, you'd think that there would have been a nice social media push. But right. at least I don't. I mean, it's been a while, I think. No, last week was a was an invented song. So, yeah, no, uh, we didn't come across as much as I found social media wise for a marketing push on this record. It's funny. I found an interview with Jim where he talks about why uh, why they went with RCA. And he says, uh, um, yeah, they actually won the like hundred word contest we held for who should be able to like put our record out. And then the interviewer, the interviewer was German and he very much did not understand that Jim was being like sarcastic. <laughs> he took it seriously. Huh? Yeah. Uh, again, it would be great if anybody, everybody's just gonna have to take my word for it. Um, uh, and uh, he was like, oh, and what about the producer? He was like, yeah, he had to do the same essay. <laughs> Jim was being really He's good. having fun like, with him, huh? Yeah, totally. I remember there was an interview with a, uh, and it was also in Germany, Mark and Tom from Blink. <laughs> oh, man, they completely like just give the most ridiculous like but with the media voice like intonation on their on their like tone. Uh-huh. Um, so it sounded like they were saying something profound, but they're like, yeah, man, I, I don't know. We just you know, we get in the bus, we cuddle up, we take all our clothes off and we just like ride it out, you know, <laughs> and the girl's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jim was definitely not doing it that that difficult. Um, but it's uh I don't know, something about German uh German interviews that bands like to have fun. Uh and then I have a bunch of other random facts. So how to pronounce it. Oh, uh Zach talks about why Tom doesn't sing much anymore. Somebody asked him that in an interview leading up to this. Basically, he sort of goes down the same path. It's just Zach, hearing it from Zach instead of somebody else. Like it, Jim, Tom didn't necessarily stop. It was just Jim was working on it more and trying new stuff all the time. And they were going in that direction. Um, Jim talks about how they choose festival sets. Um, and it's exactly like we think. Basically, they think about um, uh, how a crowd is going to perceive songs. But what's nice is that that parlayed into another interview I saw with Jim where he talks about why certain songs sort of fall off the set list. And it, again, it makes sense, but you're hearing it from the man and everyone's going to have to take my word for it. Um, uh, <laughs> it's that, you know, you see what works live. This is basically essentially distilling what Jim says. So you see what works live and you want to keep doing that. And then a new record comes out. So you have all these new songs that you want to play and some songs get dropped off the set list that, you know, either weren't working as well or or it can be interchanged energy wise. Maybe they check tune bat and say, Oh, what's, what's the camel out of these two (laughs) songs? We'll drop this other song. Um, and, uh, and, uh, then, uh, 
you know, by the time you dial in the set list, then, then you have 12 new songs coming out and you got to rotate those out. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, oh, Jim talks about why he counts 1994 as the beginning of the band. Cause I gave him a little guff about, uh, that, uh, in a previous episode. Uh, and he basically considers like we were playing together in 93, but we didn't really have a first show until 94. So that's why he counts 94 as the beginning of the band. Um, and I found a great thing about the bands. Uh, <laughs> I found a great thing about NPR. I didn't pull the clip um, where Jim was on uh, like all songs considered or something and um, and gave some good sound. What's bites. all I'm, songs considered? It's an NPR show. Um I'm pretty sure this was an all songs considered thing. Let's yeah. Uh, yeah. All things considered is an NPR radio show. They have a se- segment called all songs considered and they'll talk about things like this. So like uh, that one of the clips that I read to you is about, or one of the quotes I read to you about him uh, writing, being informed by experience uh, is from this. Oh, actually, I didn't read this quote, so I'll read it now. Uh, I decided to shoot for just as a basic jumping off point love songs, but the kind of love songs that interest me or I find engaging are the ones that deal more with adversity, complexity, and relationships. So I did. He obviously he's media trained, so he's going to give relatively the same answer across a couple of places, <laughs> but uh, he goes into a little more depth here uh, to do that and not feel fake about it. When I turn uh, around and sing it, I have to approach it from the perspective of observation and experience in the world around me right now, which is definitely more of a place where my friends are married and friends are, have kids and are getting divorces or separations. It's more about writing informed by experience rather than just overwhelmed with the idea of discovery, you know, like something new, which is kind of what I wrote a lot in the past. Um, so that's that. Oh, and then <laughs> in the same interview, he talks about the band's name. It comes from our other guitar player, Tom's family. Quite a long time ago, his brother Jim was picking on his younger brother, Ed. I think they were like six and eight or something and uh, sort of beat him up. And in retaliation, Ed drew this picture of Jim with a globe in his mouth saying that he was so fat that he could fit the entire world and wrote <laughs> Jimmy Eat World on it and put it on his door for him to see when he got home from school one day. So I commented on how good when we did the garbage picker episode, how good that artwork is. And he was the artwork was drawn by a six or an eight year old. That's insane to me. Yeah. I felt like the artwork was so good. <laughs> well, I'm going to be looking at that even more closely because there's some other tracks that I wanted to do the um, the images for. Yeah. And I don't I don't know. I'm a little suspect on on on, <laughs> on, the, on the, who drew that. I mean, maybe maybe yeah. they were really good artists and. And and their their family is a you know a, a, a long line of of um, trained artists and that's just uh, they know how to draw with ink but I don't know it it um, it seemed like doodles that maybe a twelve year old could draw but right I don't know I mean it, it, maybe maybe the times off or they or when they I don't know. maybe it was a reinterpretation they... of that original artwork I'll bet you that's not the yeah, original artwork yeah because they 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 released that in ninety three. So there's yeah. there's no way for them. I mean, it is the time is then. So there's no way unless somebody else says, "Oh, let me just let me take these drawings that you did and just kind of jazz them up a little bit." That's the only thing yeah. they could have done. They didn't like repress it and say, "Well, th- these are the you know reworkings of the artwork that my yeah. little brother did." Oh, this is like the the generic Jimmy World information section, uh, and people just have to dig into the damage episode to find it. Um, Zach talks about adding Robin to the live show. Some this guy asked Zach about like, oh, who's this new guy that you got playing with? He's like, yeah, Robin, blah, blah, blah. Um, basically, it was that Robin can hit the higher harmonies that Jim does on the records that Tom can't hit. Um, oh, and that's why that's 
obviously they wanted to have more texture and things to do live. He was like, most of the time we do play as a four piece, but when we want something extra or something like that, it's nice to have Robin there to do those things. Um, well, yeah. And he, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause he, he can do multiple, not only can he do those high harmonies, but he's, yeah, he's a, he's a trained uh, multi-instrumentalist there with his yeah. keys and the guitar that he can sit back there on. So I'm sure he's, yeah, he's a very, uh, uh, he's a, a, a strong force for them when they're playing live. Yeah. And then they did a lot of talking about why they decided to record in L.A. Uh, damage. Now we're back to damage. That was like my generic Jimmy World information section. Um, but Zach talks about that. If you tr- if you record at home, you can get stuck on a day and just say, fuck it, I'm going to go home and I'll come back and do it tomorrow. Whereas if you have 35 days to work on a record and you're in a hotel room, eat, sleep, drink at the studio all day. Uh, and you know, sleep for a couple hours in your hotel room and go back and do it again. You really have to bump, hunker down and focus. You can't, you can't say, Oh, I'm going to come back to this tomorrow or something like that. Um, and, uh, Rick was really excited about recording with Alan, uh, because he's going to take them out of their comfort zone. So not only are they working at his house, his studio away from their stuff, out of their comfort zone in that way. But Alan's got all these other tricks up his sleeve that makes that takes them out of their comfort zone. Well, looking at was. watching that video, you can see he, he seemed the most pumped of all four of them. And you know, the, first yeah, I know, <laughs> right. That made it, that made it so exciting. Cause like, I mean, again, damage is the record. Everybody forgets. Um, and like, yeah, you wonder like, cause they're working with JMJ all the time now. And it's nice. I love that. I love when bands like that marry up with a producer and, and, and that becomes like a, like a team, almost like when you watch like uh, this is a bad comparison, but like a Judd Apatow movie um, and you kind of like know who's going to be in it, that it's the same thing like with bands. Well, and yeah, producers. yeah. You're, like, you're all, you've already bought into to their product. You just. Yeah. All right. Let's just see how you're going to how you're going to uh, you know redo that story this time with with the same, you know, the same crew. Yeah. Oh, and then I have a quote from Jim about uh, him, his house being insane, uh, Alan's house being insane and how Alan can play anything. Um, so, yeah. Um, I have audio clips for all of those, but people are just, you know what it is? This is it. Um, is I make a YouTube playlist for every episode we do with all the research that I do. And then it goes public when the episode goes public. So anybody can go watch all the interviews that I have. There's a ton of interviews in this playlist, uh, this week. So go to you, go to our YouTube page, Jimmy. Yeah. And, and, and thank and you for uh, going through all of those. Cause I, that clearly that's not one of my, uh, <laughs> my strong suits is, is, you know, I don't like to go, I don't like searching and going through all those interviews, but cause there's so much to go through. There is, uh, but you know, you got to look at the long game and think like, you know, eventually we're going to hit like episode 190 or something like that. And have so. gone through all of the content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well start culling it now. And yeah. I, I didn't do it this week because I'm a mess, but um, I have a way to search keywords and go back and find all those things. So um, from the audio. So we will. Um, all right. What about um, did you come across them playing live on Conan? I did not. Do you have that clip? They, I sure do. I'll put it in the watch together. Right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jimmy Eat World. I love that iPad right there. <laughs> yeah.
Oh, harmony is so good. Yeah. Now a three-part harmony here. Thank you, Tom. So, so, um, but yeah, I was excited to see I because I, I have a couple other live performances that they did without Rick, by the way, um, uh, where I noticed Tom was doing the harmony. So I was glad to see it there. Um, and yeah. And did you notice what was he was them. doing with his guitar? So he had if, if I look, go look back real quick, he had his capo on oh. the third. But it's a song that's in C, G, and D. So what I think he's doing is... So it's C major, according to TuneBat, by the way. Yeah. Camelot yeah. of 8B. Eight, eight right. I don't have to tell you that, I'm sure. But <laughs> So I, I think with, with Tom there, and then also Rob, it's Robin in the back. Um, yeah. I think he's able just to play like the jangly... Um, where the top, the, the higher open strings are just played. And he just kind of fiddles mm. around with the augmentations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and those, which is a cool sound for this. And it makes it easier for him to play. Yeah. I love Jim's look during this cycle. I don't know what it is. He was like, I guess, newly sober, but he just has this cool vibe about him during this time. Serious, professional down to business. Yeah. I, yeah. I love his hair. I think it's more um I think it's more uh um objective than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm objectifying Jim. I'm sorry, but he's so handsome. He is, um, man. I like his he's hair here. His skin looks so nice. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely at- maybe he's taking a multivitamin at this point. He's uh, yeah. yeah, like you said, stop drinking. <laughs> so I realized I, I I saved these two performances, but they're they're probably exactly the same. So they played it acoustic at Sirius XM and then at some local radio station. Which one do you want to see? Um, uh, let's do the local radio station because I did see the Sirius XM one. That one would be more produced. So I don't know if you want more uh, a better sound. Uh, good point. Yeah, let's let's hear the local radio station, uh, their take on this. Oh, I did also find a hack. Um, if I actually go and watch the videos on YouTube, I can go to the share tab from there, even though I have it in a playlist, and get that link and post that into Watch Together for all those other people that care about that. Yeah. Um, so Uranus my 103.9. So no Rick. I want someone who lives up to this grandeur and you don't do tell me I'd be best with you instead I hate the way I feel but I don't think I can change I just breathe through each day are we only damaging the little we have left but the swimming in the same See, I feel like that's so, so much better than Conan's performance. 
Uh, I a lot of people uh, say that, and maybe you know more than I do, that uh, in TV shows the compression they sound so bad. Uh, t- when you see bands perform on TV shows because of the compression of the broadcast or something. Um, I don't know yeah. enough about that. Um, but a lot of people complain about it, and sometimes I just like I don't know. I thought the Conan performance sounded okay, but <laughs> it did. Sound, it sounded okay, but this one sounds sure. for them just being four dudes, couple of harmonies. This one sounds so much more uh, just clean, and uh, I don't know. I don't like they have more control on this one. Yeah, um, still liked it though. I have a I have a couple playalongs which I don't usually do, but we got our boy Sugar Pill. Yeah, who plays the Tom DeLong Gibson. He's got a famous Stars and Straps guitar uh, or shirt on. Um, it's fine, but I just like this kid a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of cool guitars, too. Yeah. This is not his best video. (laughs) That's what it is. Uh, What I am, what I do want to do is... uh, so that's this is like the most downbeat I've ever seen him uh, do because I want to show you one of my favorite ones he's got uh, is yeah victory lap he does propagandi uh, <laughs> and this kid shreds so hard I want you to see him like shred I'm assuming he shreds really hard on this propagandi song but same kid but this is victory lap by propagandi. <laughs> He's in a band too, right? Fuck, I love Propagandi so much. Um, <laughs> this sugar pill kid? Uh, yeah, probably. yeah, I think I he know. is. Because he, he said to uh, support my, um, I think he's got, um, he's got a Patreon, but I I want to say it's for his band, even though he does, I mean, oh, all okay. I've ever seen is him doing, um, all I've ever seen is him doing these covers or, or the guitar licks on, uh, on his page. Yeah, but oh man, I remember me and my buddy were gushing about this cover. And I think it's so yeah. funny to watch him play it on a Tom DeLonge Gibson. Like <laughs> Tom would it never be able clean, to play that man. fucking song. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then since the drums are so iconic, uh, I'll play a one drum play along. This guy's got his stuff mic'd up well on all that jazz. I don't like the mug at the camera. <laughs> wow, it does sound good.
There's a lot so of toms stuff in this one. stuff is mic'd up well, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah Dude, totally. the bass, the bass. <laughs> yeah, kick sounds good. When, um, yeah, yeah, the kick drum. Yeah, and then, uh, and now we can get into, like, regular old covers. So, you got anything that blew you away or that you love, or? Um, let's jump right into the, the one that blew me, well, not blew me away, but I, I've got a few that I've marked as, as green. We're not, we won't go through all of them. So, you want me to, I'll copy this. Is this the first time that I've gone through uh, watch together with a SoundCloud link. Uh, I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if I've ever done this before. I have I ever? I wouldn't see it. Have I ever, yeah, I, I tried I, it last. It time. It says it but... supports it. Oh, tight. Let's see how this works. I because I can't see the same information that I would see. I guess maybe I can. Um, let's see. This is going to play. This guy's got a couple seconds of emptiness. So it's acoustic, but he's got a bass underneath. Oh yeah. See if he harmonizes. I think he does. What are your thoughts on people who take uh, the vowels out of their usernames? <laughs> uh, so it made me think uh, that was like a very like 2013 thing to do. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a, I think a, it, this guy's got a cool. So this is I, I'm assuming this is Travis Valdez. Their username yeah, on SoundCloud is T, yeah, TRVS VLDZ. It looks really cool. I like how that one that one really uh, feeds well into that whole taking out the uh yeah, uh, and these were posted six years ago. So yeah. that, okay, he's he's right. But he only has appreciation and damage. Like it was like he was going to do the whole record and then didn't. right, exactly. And then, you know what? If you want to listen to appreciation, I don't know if we can jump over there. That's another thing that's kind of tough. Uh, yeah, we can. That's pretty cool. This it's actually Here, I can copy the link and paste it in there. Here we go. Yeah, I oh, I can click on his name and it actually breaks it down and shows me both of his tracks oh. there. So let's just see. I'll get just play a couple of uh, bars of this because it is it is a pretty cool one. But yeah. And again, I think he's got a couple of seconds of dead air in the beginning of this. Sounds good, man. Yeah. And, you know, when we get into that song, I love how it's he, he did it perfectly there with the two acoustics. One of the one of the guitars stays on the note and the other one walks down to the next note. Yeah, it sounds um, right. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Nice job, Travis Valdez. Let's see. That was a pretty cool one. I got Mobley hits back. It's a full band. I yeah. didn't really like that one. <laughs> Hold on, uh, but go play it. Play because the drummer goes so insane at the end of the chorus. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> let's see, because it it just seemed a little bit uh, um, on the nose. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. All right, so here we go. So tell me where if you know where it is. Uh, of course I don't. <laughs> But the drummer's doing so much. Man. Totally invested, like 110%, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like borderline, like drummer at the wrong gig. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Whoa, you're not kidding, man. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. I love it, though. <laughs> have I asked you, have you seen Spinal Tap? Uh, yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Yeah, and you know how before um, before their, their their final drummer comes in, their, their last, they have a tendency to explode. That's exactly what I imagine. This guy is just so full of energy <laughs> that he is just going to explode. And he looks like he's holding back. Like Yeah. Like they like oh, he doesn't this unleash guy, like, it at all. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I assume this guy is a blink Travis fan based on the only person I've ever seen put a Zill Bell on top of his ride in that fashion is Travis Barker during the Boxcar Racer tour. Uh-huh. And then my drummer in my punk band in high school did the same thing because we were uh, Travis Barker stands. So I don't know if that's a very common thing or not, but that Zill Bell upside down on top of the ride symbol is like a very Travis Barker thing to do. <laughs> it's a cool look, man. Uh, I wish I had given it more more uh, time because that, that one did look like he had uh, he was having fun. That's kind of how I yeah. play drums. You just you can't. Sometimes you just you're just having too much fun back there, making the faces. <laughs> oh, but you know what's funny is like, uh, yes, you're right. Um, but there's two comments on the video, <laughs> one of which is too many fills. Oh, come on! Count- this is not too many fills here. Counting crows one, two, three, six years ago. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can play it real quick. Yeah, you can hear him in there. But he's only halfway done, man. Here it comes. Yeah, man. You ain't even seen nothing yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the culmination. Yeah. That's something that you might want to do at the end, but you know what, man? He is just letting it all out right up front. I wonder. Go to the, uh, go, I don't know. Like, let's play the last, like, few seconds. Okay, here we go. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He is definitely someone in the studio that is just sitting there noodling on the drums while they're trying to (laughs) set stuff up. Yeah. He's already set up for an hour and a half practicing when you're playing live and you're tuning like he's just going off (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay so Uh, i have a couple um there were a couple more that uh, we don't have to go through all of them because i know we got a few i'll do let me there's one i wanted to end off with but real quick there is a guy that i have marked down here as a very gym sounding voice have we uh had this guy on here before because his last name sounds very familiar see i don't think he doesn't look familiar his oh, he's in my playlist. Christopher Hellier. Like, Hellier. I'll tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> 
me go over to the uh if I can find this here. He didn't trim his strings. Get a little like a Paul Rubens vibe to him when he sings, you know. <laughs> I mean, not to knock him. It just he's got a little bit of that inflection in his voice where he, you know, it, it, it changes enough. Yeah, I don't sound this a little guy at all. Um, I can't take my eye off the string bouncing in the doorway right there on the right side because I was like, oh, he hasn't trimmed his strings, and then you can hear him playing over his amp because he's using the microphone in the room. So it's like yeah. you can hear him strumming the strings almost more than the amp. And then didn't Rivers Cuomo have this uh, guitar strap, this lightning bolt uh, yeah, guitar Yeah, and that's strip? actually, yes. And I have modeled mine after that. I don't have an exact uh, replica. So mine is leather. This one's look, this guy's looks more like. Um, this is like the Ernie, the standard Ernie Ball lightning stripe one. Yeah. Uh, Tom yeah. DeLong played with one in the 90s too. And so I, of course, bought one. And then Tom signed it at the Boxcar Racer show. Um, oh, sick. Uh, but doesn't this guy kind of have actually energy? Like, doesn't he look like he would try to, like, explain something to you all the time? <laughs> I don't know why. Actually. Um, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like that propeller clock and the liquor bottles behind him make me think that he's he's like uh, a little actually-ish. Um, I didn't realize but, that was a thing. I don't know. I'm making it a thing. Um, uh, ac- ac- actually. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw him. He's in my playlist, but I didn't listen to any of the covers that I saved. So there, okay. there might be gold in them, their hills, but right. That's, um, well, I'll, I'll pick one more. And yeah. I liked, I liked this guy's, uh, style. And I think you'll be able to see exactly what I'm talking about when we start playing it. This one is Jedmond fish, but check out this little introduction here. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Jedmond me- fish tunage. <laughs> It reminds me of Jed the Fish from Carol. Exactly, which I had to find out what he was up to. So we'll we'll talk about him in just a moment. But yeah. (laughs) So he's got his Wayfarers on. Yeah, he's got Nick Hexum energy. Oh, totally. Yeah. My only my only qualm with this is that the mic picking mic is picking up. The guitar more than his voice, and it's just it, it, there's only so much room for sound. Yeah. Well, so he, he also plays... might have like a no, like a, a noise reducer or something on it. Oh, okay. He's got a very unique voice. I like it. Jump ahead to the uh, bridge here. Go back. Give him some credit here. Here we go. Oh, 
But yeah, I, I feel like he does this song justice. Yeah, man. It's got a Taylor being guitar. Just acoustic. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I did have to find out because that was the first thought that entered my mind is what is Jed the Fish up to? And I guess he did this thing recently in 2017, kind of promoting this thing called the Fisher Price. So it it's it plays 45s. Okay. And it's modeled after the actual Fisher Price, like F-I-S-H-E-R. But uh-huh. this one is titled F-I-S-H-U-R. And I guess maybe it's after, I don't know, the the, the guy who created it. But it, it seems to be like a beefed up um, kitty vert, you know, the, of the kitty toy. So it's got like MP3 in and out. It's got different kinds of uh, EQs you can set on there. But Hi. Jed the Fish does a couple of, um, a little bit here. Sounds kind of the same. Hi, it's Jed the Fish, and this is Fisher. He slowed Price down a little bit, but yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started on, good DJing when I was three. See photo. <laughs> I could not tell. I, I think he's a wacky dude, as you know, as it is. But I think he's just trying to be a little bit more comedic with what he's been given. What Didn't was on he ask- what label? If if it was Fats Domino was on Imperial Records, I just knew that everything on Imperial Records had the rainbow. Uh, Columbia had that weird little logo or whatever. What is the Columbia logo? I don't know. But uh, but what I would do is I would tear the labels off and I would remember how each label was torn, and that would tell me what. The record was and the first record i did that with was johnny mathis chances my mom liked it or something and uh so uh this is what i'd look like when i would cue up a, a song and play it and this is a picture of me and my cousin in tustin california i didn't do much djing in high school as a matter of fact i didn't really start doing it professionally until I got out of college, but it's always been fun. And uh, especially in the world of social media, you're able to find out how you actually touch people when you can play a certain song or a certain mix like the brat does. So I just uh, really admire this uh, Fisher Price 45 Friday, and it's been a blast. Yeah, so he's still out there doing it. All I can hear is Curcule. And you're listening to <laughs> yeah. Curcule. Hey, just see how fast. So apparently he can say he's it. back on K Rock. Uh, yeah, the he's HD doing a channel. Like, he's doing a different bit. I don't know if it's just on the weekends. But yeah, he's he's doing yeah. a, a different uh, a different. So bit. the biggest thing I remember from him is in 2005, Nine Inch Nails played Acoustic Christmas, and he got to interview Trent Reznor. And he says, let me ask you one more important thing. This is a little unusual, so go with me on this. What if your name was Asshore? (laughs) Trent says, my name or my band name? He says, no, what if your name was Asshore? And I'm pretty much doing a Jed the Fish impression. Like, that's kind of how... I wish I could find the sound clip, because Kevin and Bean used to play it all the time. And Trent Reznor says, if it was Asshore, well, you just have to roll with it, you know what I mean? Like, what if your name was, uh, say, Vagina Patterson? (laughs) He laughs, but he does the Jed the Fish laugh, or he goes... Yeah. And then he says, well, what if your name was Testicle Tonsils? 
Jesus guy. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, that's weird. He is a weird dude. Get mm-hmm. the fish. Oh, yeah, boy. I didn't. I didn't have anything else. Um, uh, I have one more, and but... I don't remember it. Yeah, uh, I wrote it. It's from somebody named Ally or Ally on SoundCloud. Should we? Do we dare listen to it, or we just say that's it? So I liked it. It was. It's. It's more oh, yellow. Let's listen to it. Ah, it's it's okay. good. I, it's a little soft in the recording, so we have to push it up a little bit. Um, I like, but I like the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have the link? You want to hit it? Yeah, I just I just put it in there. Let's see how it goes. And the bridge is at two ten. If you want to jump ahead of that after we hear a few of our Sick. harmonies. feel like it matches the artwork like perfectly <laughs> yeah yeah it's For very and, and even the imagery that she has on her little uh on the cd cover of just looking up at this like a cloudy sky with with uh trees there you're totally right yeah she she yeah nails i that. feel like it feels like that let's let's uh, you said 210 uh 210 yeah here we go like nylon strings yeah i dig it yeah me too yeah i like it um, i mean it's, it's a little bit uh it's a little bit sad but so is the song that's that's yeah the, uh, you know that's the the image that they're portraying here yeah uh, so yeah, after all that, uh, is there anything else? Wait a minute. Oh yeah, no, this wasn't on Jake T. O'Donnell's list. Oh man, wow. Yeah. He had lean on there and not damage? Oh, you know what? Finally, this came out today on Reddit. Did you see this? Not Felix Wankel says, anyone else think damage sounds just like I melt with you? Whoa. I, <laughs> I think I kind of hear that. Like, let's take a, let's take a look to listen to the track. I think where he's getting that from is the post chorus octave chords that Tom plays um that kind of sound like the the version of I melt with you that was on the not another teen movie soundtrack but let's take a listen to the post chorus here
Okay, so listen to that, and then listen to the I Melt With You, I think it's Mest, did it? Oh, their version Mest? of it, huh? Yeah. This was on the Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack. I think this is... So I assume that's the correlation that he's making. You're sure they're not thinking of the original? Uh, I, maybe. I just really like that version. Uh, let's see. It's it could be. English. I just like that version a lot. So uh, <laughs> this is the official video. Let's see. I think the, I think the timing and the drums of this sounds a little bit more in line with with uh, Jimmy's uh, version. They're not version, but there's their track. Moving forwards, using all my breath. Making love to you was never said. I love the eighties so much. Oh man, I miss them. And I and I wasn't even alive to appreciate them in, in, in that. Or I mean, you know what I mean. I wasn't uh, old enough to appreciate them. Guy looks like Ducky. <laughs> you see the difference and it's getting better all the time. There's nothing you and I won't do. I'll stop the world and melt with you. We should know Yeah, I see. I hear it. Yeah. What was that? I hear. Do you remember the name of that website we used that people could create mixes and then they could weave songs in and out? Oh man, I wish I did because that would help me with TuneBat. That would help me with TuneBat. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I I could see it. It it sounds even like the uh, yeah, the beats per minute. It's very similar. Um, I'm going to go ahead because somebody said I don't hear it. I'm going to say I hear it. (laughs) Yeah, good. I'm glad you're going to tune in. It's a discussion after all. I'll upvote it. Just move it up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It says I 100% hear this. Wow, good point. I don't know. I sound like maybe I'm being condescending, but I get it. (laughs) So hopefully not Felix Wankel will listen to this episode and say and feel validated. um, Right. And that I wasn't (laughs) razzing him. Um, so yeah, Justin, any other thoughts on the song Damaged by Jimmy Eat World? Um, no, I liked your analogy at the very beginning where you said it sounds like running through a field of flowers, but <laughs> kind of running with holding hands with somebody that you're inevitably going to break up with. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, it, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a certain, um, image I get in my head reading through the lyrics, but it, it definitely contradicts. Uh, the the sound that they've created with this, and I like that. Is that would that technically be like a juxtaposition there? Um, yes. Yeah, I like what they did with that. It's a cool song. I like it. Uh, you know this this um, this album uh, it, it it grows on me the more I listen to it. So yeah, what about you, David? Uh, I absolutely uh, am embarrassed to say that I forget about this record a lot. I think it's an incredible record, and I think this is uh, especially an all time bridge. But I think the song rules. Um, yeah, it's super dancey. It's super fun. I will. Uh, I could not tell you what it sounded like before I listened to it, um, but it's so catchy and it's like, oh, yeah, this song, this song rules. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I think uh, overall it rocks ass. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a review. <laughs> um, so yeah, otherwise, um, uh, hopefully uh, everybody remembers to listen to the advice of professionals and continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs>